0: Hi, everyone. You're listening to episode number 20 of the Elysium Project podcast. Today's episode is titled Whole Brain Functioning with Annie Padden-Jubb. I'm your host, Brian Johnson. The Elysium Project podcast is a 100% listener supported podcast. If you find yourself listening regularly, we invite you to check out our Patreon support page where you can join our insider zone for only $3 per month. There, you'll find access to behind-the-scenes content and receive a personalized gratitude package mailed right to your doorstep. You're never locked in. You can cancel at any time. If that's something you'd like to do, you can find your way there by clicking the big Patreon button on our website, www.ElysiumProject.tv, or by visiting patreon.com slash TV. Also, we want to hear from you. If you have any feedback about the show or have a particular guest you would like us to have on, please feel free to send us an email at podcast at ElysiumProject.tv. In today's podcast, I'm speaking about the subject of whole brain functioning with Annie padden For several decades now, Annie has been instrumental in spreading awareness of the raw food diet and teaching others how to live happier, more fulfilled lives through whole brain functioning. I first discovered Annie many years ago watching her public television show, The Universe Inside Our Mind, which can actually still be found on YouTube. I was captivated by her and her husband at the time, Dr. David Jubb, and their understanding of the mind-body connection. While I've spoken to David in previous episodes, I really wanted to bring Annie on the show to hear her interpretation of whole brain functioning. This is really amazing information and I promise to do more episodes on it, but for now, please enjoy episode number 20, Whole Brain Functioning with Annie Jupp. Annie Jubb, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Brian. It's nice to be here.
0: So I'm super excited for today's podcast. We're going to be talking about whole brain functioning and the idea of communicating more effectively through body language, through using the prefrontal cortex of our brains. It's always been something that's really fascinated me and the work that you've done on this. We were talking before the podcast and you're saying that this is something you've been doing since as early as
1: 1985? Yeah. I was just a kid. Uh, (laughs) Well, I jumped right into it. Yeah, I had the opportunity to study with a wonderful mentor, um, Scout Cloud Lee, Dr. Lee. And uh, she had sort of taken the work of neurolinguistic programming by um, two men called Bandler and Grinder, and using neurolinguistic programming, she had expanded it into what she called the excellence principle. And so um, I apprenticed with her for a little while, um, along with my then husband, Dr. David Jebb. Mm-hmm. and we immediately started kind of expanding it into nutrition. That was already kind of a something very important to us. So it really developed into live food uh, about five years after that. Anyway, at some point she kind of kicked us out of the nest and she said, well, just go do your own thing, you know, like you're <laughs> mm-hmm. doing your own thing. And so, but what she had done, and then actually I think she and Tony Robbins kind of started at the same time and they both expanded it into, you know, leading firewalks so you can get past your own past your own personal limitations and belief systems to kind of, you know, get out of your stuck states basically and using ropes courses as well. So we took those models because they're really powerful state changers. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? I mean, you know, you know, there's a science behind doing a firewalk, but when you actually walk across the coals, you know, it's something you think that you wouldn't have normally been a, a have the ability to do and then when you actually do it you kind of like oh, okay i got this wow i wonder what else i thought i couldn't do that i suddenly know now that i could at least try you know and see so it opens up and expands your own belief systems and it's really our belief systems that keep us confined rather than what we're physiologically uh or psychologically able to accomplish
0: Hmm. so this came from neuro-linguistic programming originally is what you're saying
1: well, I mean, we incorporated all kinds of things into it. Um, David was getting his doctoral uh, degree at New York University, and and we built the research on his uh, doctoral thesis around this too. So so expanding. Um, do you know about NLP at all much? There's um, it's quite a body of knowledge, actually.
0: I, yeah, I'm definitely aware of it. It's not something I've dabbled in much myself, so please feel free to let me know.
1: <laughs> okay, well, it's really looking at how we process information, how each, each individual processes information, and looking at the senses that are accessed to get into those spaces, right? So it's basically visual, audio, and kinesthetic, you know, if you want to break it down into the three. And some people are far more visual than, than they are, you know, auditory, for example. They have to see things. Um, So, you know, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. And so basically we can tell what mode a person is accessing by their eye movement patterns. You know, when we look straight up, Mm -hmm. sort of like we're accessing when we're children and we look straight up into the world, everything's bigger than we are, and we become very visual, you know, as we're sort of imprinting things. So if you're Mm -hmm. just talking with somebody and you ask them a question and they go straight up like that, they're probably accessing more of a childlike state, you know, even if just for a second, you know, visually and uh, very intuitive people just log it in and kind of circle around back to it if it's helpful in the communication or whatever they're having. Um, but, you know, you can see from the eye movement patterns. so the mid-range is more um, auditory, and then when we look down, we're sort of feeling in our bodies more kinesthetic, and that can be broken out into other, um, you know, subdivisions of kinesthetic, you know, tactile and so on. Um But anyway, it's good to know, it's good to pay attention to our own accessing cues, which are the the predicates that uh, denote that. So if I keep saying to you, you know, do you see what I mean? (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And you're not really, you're more an auditory person. um, You might be saying, I I don't see what you're, what are you, you know, what are you saying? (laughs) And that would right. key me into saying, oh, he's much more auditory. I'd say, oh, do you hear what I'm saying? Does that, you know, make sense to you? And then all of a sudden there's kind of a, a connect, right? So, you know, in a perfect world where we're using our senses in a really – balanced in Broadway, though I would have to say that we all sort of favor um, a particular sense. I'm very auditory, for example. And so Mm -hmm. if I get stuck on something, uh, especially if it's a visual kinesthetic, like I'm sort of rebuilding my website now and trying to do a lot of it myself. And so I'll just be staring at the screen, you know, and feeling stuck. (laughs) And then it's like, all Mm -hmm. I have to do is say, gee, I wonder how I'm going to solve this problem like out loud. And then all of a sudden the problem just starts to dissolve and I've got my access into it. And so then I, Mm. so just simple things like that. You can just kind of track yourself and see, you know, what things make us a little more stuck and then what things can uh, give us more access and through fair. And I think that's really the process of evolving really, you know, is to find out how we can help others evolve uh, through their stuck states. And, um, and how we can get through our own pretty quickly <laughs> because they're no mm-hmm. fun <laughs> mm.
0: that's really what i find so fascinating about the idea of whole brain functioning and what you've been teaching and what you and david taught is that really through i guess one of the key phrases you have in the book is that the body is the mind's experience of itself and that so much of what is programmed into the brain is proprioceptive meaning limb placement and movement And I've noticed for myself, if I'm in an uncomfortable situation, what I do is scan my body. What am I feeling? How am I breathing? What muscles am I tensing? And very often, if I change my body position, my state can often also just change like that.
1: Absolutely. And there's some really fun research out about that now, about body position and hormone production, right? So when we're feeling really powerful and expanded, we produce more hormones that are about being more powerful and expanded right and so mm. you can even fake it you know a little bit like just get into your wonder woman stance or whatever it is superman you yes. know and all of a sudden you're like oh yeah. i do feel a little bit more powerful okay i can access that now and the body is the yeah. mind's experience of itself and i would you know take it a step further too and say shape the body and the mind will follow
0: yes and that's exactly what i was saying I've used this several times when I've been in an uncomfortable situation. I just sort of stop and breathe in and say, what is my body doing right now? And maybe I'll shift my weight to the side a bit or change it up. And all of a sudden, my mind and my state completely changes. It's so fascinating. And I think what you and David were doing with this was really quite ahead of your time. Because as you talked about getting into that Wonder Woman stance. I know there's been some popular TED talks and such about power stances and so forth. And that's really, at least from what I can discern, a lot of what you were teaching early on with this.
1: Absolutely. You know, and you can see how things are just intuitively set up too. So, so if we're looking at the, the shape of the body, right? And so what we found with our research is that, you know, body contractions and movements, even ever subtly to the left, have to do more with introspection, you know, going inside a little bit. But it can also be aversion, you know, if, if you can see that somebody's holding on to some energy, you can watch their body and they'll be contracted even just slightly over to the left side of the body. And mm-hmm. then we expand and in, into the world through the right side of our body. So, you know, it's funny, you can always see how um, like on late night talk shows or any kind of talk shows actually, whoever the host is, she or he is always uh, got the interviewee over to the right side, right? Because they're in control, they're in command. They want to make sure that they are leading the conversation. And, um, and then they naturally just expand into the right side of their brain. You know? Even left-handed people, they often you know, lead with the right hand, throw the ball with the right hand, that kind of a thing, or move into the world through the right side of the body and move into introspection through the left side of the body. Um, there's some rare examples, of course, some of this are just totally mixed up, but for the most part, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very fair generalization, you know, and so mm-hmm. so it's nice for yourself too, as you interview and, and this type of the thing, you can always just move into the right side of the body and, and, uh, and you'll find that that's where language is stored, you know, in the left hemisphere of the brain. And that's where we, um, we move ourselves into the world, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And what's really so fascinating about this and where I've really taken interest in this is that it's very much a science, particularly with what David was doing with the brain scans, is that you can actually see what part of the brain a person is using based on these sort of limb placements and movements.
1: Absolutely, which is so great, right? And and Mm -hmm. looking at brain scans too, which is, you know, all the great toys of the and technology of the modern day it's really a great time to be alive by the way <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so great for validating your research you know there's usually a tool out there that can help you um but anyway so like if you look at like so what what does create a sense of whole brain functioning so whole brain functioning would be You know, when you just have access to the whole of your brain, you can think about something, you've got the file cabinet right there, you can easily access the information, the data that you're looking for, right? So, um, And that could be mood and emotion. It could be all kinds of things, you know, how you want to move through a cartwheel or, you know, whatever the information is that you're accessing in your brain, you know exactly how to tap it. And one of the keys to that, that's a pretty simple little equation, but it's very powerful is to get into the frontal cortex of the brain. There's a gatekeeper there and there just needs to be interest and pleasure to get into the frontal Mm. cortex of the brain. It separates us from the animal kingdom. Nobody else has a prefrontal cortex like we do. And, um, and it allows us uh, access. So, you know, if, um, and just interest, actually, of any kind, right? If we just have a, curi- a mm-hmm. curious nature about life. Then um, you can see this in people that you know, too. That some people just have, you know, their hand on a lot more answers than other people. And it's really the way that they're setting up the questions that they ask their own brain. You know, w- mm. we design computers after the human brain. It's not the other way around. <laughs> it's, you know, so if you ask, to, you know, you, and we all understand that now, too, which is helpful where if you ask a really good question you get a really good answer right so it's, yes. it's almost like the google search you know if you type in well i don't want to be unhappy and they'll be like what <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. no results you know but if you say oh what are some of the keys to true happiness and then they'll be like you know 10 million <laughs> you know because mm-hmm. everybody's <laughs> got a little bit of that you know the, we all have access to that and it's really the the language that we use for ourselves and the language that we use into the world. So a lot of years ago when we were kind of coming to this, I realized that there's almost no advantage to complaining, right? Mm -hmm. Very little advantage (laughs) to it. It doesn't really get you where you want to go. It is, you know, a statement about where you're at if you're complaining about anything. And um, there's got to be some more forward-moving language to move us to the next step of inquiry, you know? And so just asking a really positive question, looking around the world in a really positive way, And framing questions in such a way that, you know, that's not really complaining at all, in fact. Um, And then it can be sort of like a fine line, but I would say if there's one takeaway that our listeners have today, it would be to turn up the volume on internal dialogue and really, really, really start to root out those places where we just complain. We just state a complaint, right? And um, Mm -hmm. it's funny, um, I have a friend who's a dear, dear friend who's in her mid-80s right now, and She loves to worry. She loves to worry. (laughs) It's kind of her favorite little place to go to in her mind, you know, and she's 86 or something. So she's, she justifies it. But um, it's so funny. Like I was sitting with her um, a couple of weeks ago when I was last in LA and uh, she was talking about a detail that I was helping her handle in her life. And, um, and I said, well, we could handle this today. And then you, wouldn't, you would have, think about all the room in your brain. You wouldn't have anything to worry about for a period of time, right? <laughs> and then she kind of sat there for just a half a second like, well, who would I be without this worry? And then she kept replacing it. She was like, well, that would be done. But then something else might come up. And I said, what if it didn't? What if there was just more space in your head to think about what you really wanted to do rather than worrying about something that we've already handled, you know? And we went back and forth a couple times and I finally just left it with her. She was just like, well, there might be something else to worry about, kind of a thing. And I thought, okay, <laughs> you're going to, you want to sit with that, you know? But, and I'm gentle with her too because, you know, whatever, I have a very dear close relationship with her. But, I just understand too, that we do get comfortable with having a certain amount of worries or a couple of a certain amount of complaints, you know, that we love to loop f- through, you know, just right. looping and looping. and
0: Kind of almost gives us an identity for some of us.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And it's a story. And you keep, you know, if we look at mm-hmm. neural pathways of the brain, it's really very much like a, a trail through the forest. Right. And every time mm-hmm. we run down that, that trail, if it's, if it's complaining or worrying or anything, that's not really moving us forward, that rut gets ever deeper, it gets ever deeper. And so then when you have any idle time, you know, the brain naturally wants to be of service to do something. And it like, well, why don't we run down the loop where we really worry a lot, you know, and then that's a really <laughs> well-worn pattern, <laughs> you know, you can sit yes. right in it and you know, every part of it and you can, you know, even say the exact same things because it keys you into that exact same worry. And um anyway, it's it's a bit funny, but once you start to pay attention to it and bring all that up to conscious review, um, there's really so much more space inside the brain. And then it becomes sort of a little a little um you know, as soon as you, you start to do that little worry again, you'll you'll notice that there's even a specific sentence that kicks it all off, you know, or specific stealing or Uh, visual whatever it is that gets you keyed into it and then off you go down that loop again you've been down a thousand times before it's really familiar but you want to get it to Mm -hmm. just the very beginning again where instead of going down that worry or that complain trail instead you think oh I was just going to go down the worry and complain trail I think I'll not do that you know and then what will I think of instead oh I wonder what would make me really happy um, I wonder what, how I can take responsibility for that particular thing, not complaining about it, but just finding some solutions to it, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. even the people around us are really just teachers for us to, to find these things, right? Um,
2: yes. Yeah. And that can, it can be really challenging for a lot of people to get out of that state, because as we said, it's, it's an identity for some people, but also uh, a negative thought can be, uh, it's sometimes said up to four times more powerful than a positive thought. Um, so,
1: <laughs> that is so true. Well, yeah, just That's because funny. of our yeah. our
2: evolutionary nature, that you know, to be worried about something that needs to motivate us more than than a pleasurable thought. So to to get out of that is often a challenge. And I'm I'm wondering uh, along in regards to that, what uh, what tips and tools you maybe have for our listeners to help get out of those stuck states when we're sometimes feeling like we're we're in a hole and we can't dig ourselves out of that and we even though you know we're trying to look at the bright side but it's just so hard and is there maybe some things that our listeners or i myself can do when i'm in that state
1: hmm got a great question absolutely well um what really helped me and i circle back to it whenever i need to is the 21 day complain fast
2: hmm i love that no
1: complaining no complaining for 21 days and i always treat it just like an alcoholic would you know one complaint you're back at day one you know so (laughs) you get really motivated yeah Uh, sometimes it's taken me like you know months to get to get through because even a so i got it down to the the nats fanny like even a statement without a resource attached to it could be considered complaining right So in this way, I become 100% responsible for where I'm at and what I'm doing and the people I'm around and even the amount of money I have and the business partnerships and the things that flow to me. I become much more aware of, of, um, well, I become much more aware of exactly how I've created that for myself,
2: right? Mm -hmm.
1: Because complaining, just, whenever we complain, it defers responsibility, right? right? so it's not me it's this troublesome so and so or this business partner or that deal or whatever you know and if i really take 100% personal responsibility for it i can even break it out you know and and come down to a really oh this is the moment where i could have made this other decision and instead i made this decision that now feels problematic and i feel stuck right so if i back it up to that point the juncture and get really good at noticing what led me to it um then i can even back it up further and then just really start you know just speak to myself with really positive commands because we are commanding through language uh, other other routes too but language is probably the easiest to focus on um, but we're, we're doing embedded commands to ourselves constantly mm. constantly mm-hmm. Yes. And so when you really look at that and you, um, you know, start to listen and hear uh, what the embedded commands are, um, sometimes they're not even coming from us. They're just pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. You know, they we got them on, we have them on loop,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> pre-recorded in the background. And um, I've been doing a lot of digging, you know, every couple of years, you really just go inside and you know, I'm thinking about what the next chapter is going to be for me here. And there's already quite a lot going on, but I just feel like it's going to take a deeper turn. I want to be more useful and more of service to the planet. I feel like we're in a really crucial kind of midwifery stage here for the planet. And I want to Mm -hmm. use my time and talents in a much more um, helpful way. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, so, so in that, you know, I, I've just been, Digging, digging, digging into any of my limited belief systems, and there'll be like little traumas and little belief systems. And sometimes I've had to go back. Um, I do regressive regressive hypnotherapy, but I also do self hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And you could do it with you can do this with um, you know just yourself actually too. Just kind of well, it's a long conversation, but anyway. So mm-hmm. basically, you can even go back to the womb and even before we even decide to incarnate, and you can get a really clean piece on what you need to do in this lifetime. Like what are you actually incarnated for? Mm -hmm. What's your mission? You know, I always say to my (laughs) clients and such as like, so who are you and what did you come here to do? And when we're in a real clear place, they know it right off the top of their head. They've got it exactly nailed down. You know, they know exactly what they incarnated for and what they came here to do. And sometimes it's a really simple mission and sometimes it's very specific, you know, and so anything that's in the way of that, or any distractions, um, that's our job, right? Is to remove the distractions between you and love. You know, so um, we all love our life's work. That's what we incarnated to do, and it becomes it becomes a more um, well. There's a couple of different ways to key into that. First of all, gratitude, right? So. Right in conjunction with the 21-day complain fast, you want to kind of fill it with something, right? So,
2: attitude um, of gratitude.
1: Attitude of gratitude goes a long way because it kicks you into a much higher vibrational frequency. It's even a higher vibrational frequency than love, right? Mm-hmm. So a uh, sense of gratitude is just, it, it, it brings you into this kind of, you know, a much higher vibrational frequency, basically. And so you attract more people, places, and things that are about your mission because you're grateful. Right, and right. everybody loves to to respond to gratitude. Animals do, you know. Humans do. We all have this sense of uh, attraction to uh, being grateful and to a sense of gratitude. And plus, it just makes it the days really great, right? You have this effortless joy that's mm-hmm. just at your fingertips <laughs> at all times. And yes. and so, whenever you know, with the twenty one day complaining fast, you know, you're going to make some slips, right? Oh, I hate this, or fuck that, you know, <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah. it is, you know. You're like, oh no, 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 no.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and uh, and little judgments too. Like I've been really rooting out these little tiny judgments. You know, um, you're looking at somebody and making just a judgment. That okay? So here's here's how I define it, right? So I'm judging them if I if I'm thinking something inside my head that I would not say to their face, right? Hmm. That's a that question. makes it, it yeah. makes it easy. Right. Yeah. You know, like would I really say that out, like, God, you look terrible. You know, like, <laughs> would, I, <laughs> would I really say that? Yeah. Or would I say, um, just something more positive and forward moving. Like, are you getting enough sleep? Have you had a green juice? You know, I just made a green juice. Can I, can I, can I get you a glass
2: mm-hmm.
1: or uh, are you hydrated enough? Or, I mean, obviously I'm in the food service thing too, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like how are you feeling inside? You know, how's your day to day? How are you dealing with that divorce or that death mm-hmm. of a loved one or whatever it is? And to come in with compassion, and um, that they would walk away feeling more uplifted, that they too would be in a sense of gratitude. Like, wow, I'm really grateful that somebody spoke to something that I've been feeling inside, and not everybody does that because they, you know, maybe they just have a resting face that just looks annoyed all the time, but maybe they're really just stressed out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because of their own thought processes. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a, um, a more elegant model to, you know, move through the world with, um, where we're finding, um, solutions and a sense of gratitude. Yeah. We want to remove the complaining. We want to be aware of complaining, and then we want to move right into gratitude for it. You know, even somebody who's sort of harshed you out, or um, I don't know, cuts you off on the road, or something like that. Like, you know, it, it would be easy to sort of speak, you know, harshly towards them. Or what I like to do now too is say, "Wow, they're in a hurry. I'm going to get out of their way." Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like. Who knows what it is, you
2: mm-hmm. know? <laughs> well, as you said earlier, it really doesn't do us any any benefit to get in those states where we're complaining and just running that tape on repeat, so.
1: Yeah, and it really limits the amount of brain cortical tissue that we have, mm-hmm. too. So the more, the more unique and interesting thoughts we have, the more, um, you know, beautifully orchestrated our brains are. You make new neural pathways every time we have a new thought and every time, let's go back to the complaining thing. Every time we had a complaint, and we reframe it with, you know, something to do with gratitude, we literally change that neuro pathway. Right. It can never be exactly as cleanly negative as it was mm-hmm. before. Now it's got the gratitude down that pathway too. So even mm. the next time you go to tap it, there's going to be a little gratitude there. So it makes sense to rewire and reprogram the brain in that way because. Um, then you're available to have more unique thoughts too, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Brilliant. Well, that's all amazing advice. This is really incredible information. Um, we, we do talk about the life food and the raw food on this show as well. So maybe we can do hmm. that at another point. Um, yeah. But along the veins of what you were saying about sort of creating a new world, that's very much what this show is about as well. And I, again, I'm really, I find the information that you've uh, espoused through whole brain functioning to be just so fascinating and so helpful so i i certainly hope that uh, we can have you on the podcast again and that we can continue this discussion because i really think it is valuable information for the planet today
1: oh brian thank you so much it's such a pleasure to speak about my work and thank you for your interest in it and Um, And also for your efforts to make the world a more beautiful place through education. I mean, that's just such a beautiful, beautiful life mission. Yeah, Mm -hmm. more power to you, babe.
2: Thank you. Yes. And if people want to find you online or on social media, where can they find you?
1: Anniejubb.com is my website and I carry my products there and I'm just expanding it now too and um so it's sort of a work in progress but probably by the the end of the week it'll have everything up there and then um I've done quite a few new interviews too so I'm sort of getting to post those and on Instagram which is the only social media I really have it's annie.padden.jebb but if you look for Jeb, you'll find me
2: excellent well thanks so much uh we we really enjoyed having you on and we would love to have you on again.
1: <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Have a beautiful day.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Annie.
1: Mm-hmm. Bye now.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you enjoy our content, please help support us by subscribing to and sharing this podcast or by joining our insider zone at www.patreon.com slash Elysium TV. That's www.patreon.com slash TV. And remember, we're always happy to hear from you. If you have any feedback about the show or a particular guest you would like us to have on, please feel free to send us an email at podcast at ElysiumProject.TV. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.